This is the way. This is the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Mandatorian Creed. I am your host, as always, Tori Fox, and this week we are continuing our droids series with a little talk about the personalities and humanity of droids, and I am joined today by my friend, co-conspirator in many ways, uh, host of Oxo Radio, it's Alden Diaz. Hello. Well, hello there, my friend. How are you? So fancy to see you here. What an unexpected <laughs> surprise. So fancy, you say. I do not look fancy right now, but thank you. I appreciate Neither that. Neither do I. It's been That's a long okay. Day. No one else can see either. So. <laughs> Unless one day I just go crazy and post all the raw video footage. Please do not. <laughs> do Lots not. of que- questionable things. No. No. Que- no. Things, but. Not that questionable. Just a lot of uh, sweatpants and no makeup and, you know, the work. Makes you feel better. I also never wear makeup to these recordings, but maybe I should. Yeah. I mean, you look fine. Maybe I can make I think, guy makeup part fine. of the Octo I mean, Radio brand. Guyliner is great. I went through a I brief guyliner phase. Please send me pictures. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Very organized beginning of the episode here today that we have. Um, <laughs> I wanted to um, ask you, actually, because I don't actually know. I mean, I know mm-hmm. sometimes when you're like, oh, there's something exciting happening. But is there anything exciting coming up on Octo Radio that you'd maybe like to talk about? Um, well, Tori, every guest is exciting. I mean, of Octo- course. No. But I'm saying, like, you know, no, for the no, folks no. at home, let's let's give them a little... A little yeah, a little, little tease action. Yeah, the uh, so we just had Kara DJ on, the editor, curator, Kara's creator. so great. So cool. Uh, into a larger world zine, the Star Wars fanzine, which is just a delight. And, and everybody really um, knows of it in some way because she, her presence on the Instagram space is so strong. Um, we also have, it either just came out or is about to come out, uh, Rachel Leishman, the associate editor of The Mary Sue. Uh, she's going to be on, so uh, which is really friends. exciting. Yeah. Lots of friends. Um, there are some people that are not confirmed, but Ooh. there are some some fun, uh, unexpected people that are big Star Wars fans. I can say I'll say here who I'm trying to get and who I'm trying to lock down, but I don't know if it's gonna work. Um, but I, I've e- emailed his people and like I'm waiting to see what they think and stuff. But uh, uh, Robert Irwin, Steve Irwin's son, oh. Is- a massive star wars fan and i would i remember him saying that he was a massive star wars fan because when bad batch came out they sent to australia yes uh, that the the, like hunter helmet and the yeah so like he he's a fan and he every year he does may the 4th over there at the at their zoo and like so i'm trying to get him on that would be a lot of fun but there's there's some 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 things popping up here and there um you know some pie in the sky things of course that are always Always in the works. I mean, I, I'm still on the hunt for Alden Ehrenreich. That's like my my white whale that I've been sure trying to get him on at some point. But yeah, Octo Radio is still um, going strong. Took a brief break for some life stuff. But, you know, honestly, I feel like we all need to do that at some point. I agree uh, with that statement. 
it's just definitely happened important. for me this past week. So hey. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but it gave people time to catch up on the excellent first few episodes of the Droid series um, with Travis and Alyssa. So well, thank you. That was necessary. You know, doing, doing my best over here. It's been fun. It's been cool talking about droids. I like it a lot. For sure. For sure. Um, I think that it's like it has already genuinely, and not not just because it's you, and not just because these are our friends, but it genuinely has made me like and appreciate them more. Not that they were ever an area that I didn't appreciate, but like if I have to rank all the core areas, I feel like droids has never been like my expertise, but it's the Disney era that's made me love them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree with that statement. Yeah. And I feel like they're kind of also kind of left off. You know what I mean? Like you're very much like a scum villainy creatures type person. You know that I'm a, like a Jedi force lord type person. Then you have people that are like super into troopers and clones and things like that. But droids never gets put into that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I know people exist. There's just no one, like, it's weird because it's, like, nobody in my friend group, in our friend group, I guess, generally, like, that I know of is, like, I'm not saying that people don't like droids. Of course people like droids. I mean, I, like, love K2SO, you know? So, but it's talking about, like, someone who's like a super fan and like that's what they gravitate towards it was it was kind of hard and maybe i forgot someone but because i always try to when i'm putting these episodes together i want to have people on that are passionate about whatever it is that um we're focusing on like i don't want to just pick a random person and be like i mean you know and i mean it would probably still work out and be fine because a star wars fan is a star wars fan but i try to like strategically plan the guests right right so yeah, so it was kind of hard this time around because I was like, who is like super into droids, you know? So, but I think it's gone pretty well. So thank you. I really enjoyed it as well. And like I said, like I said this with lightsabers too, like like you're saying, it's not like it's something where I'm like, oh, I don't care about droids, but right. to sit and really analyze and think about these things, it definitely is, it gives me a higher appreciation and I like that a lot, so. Yeah, for know. sure. I think that, it, yeah, doing the topic, I mean, that's what I love about your show overall going back to the lightsaber series going back to the star wars weekend series um which started a cultural movement really uh, a cultural reset <laughs> is that what the kids say um thank yeah, you so like, much for that we're still uh, we're still riding that high like there there are i don't know anything but i guarantee you that somebody in disney parks was like that's a good idea we should think about it um we should bring it back they should. I'm telling you, I would I would do it too if they were like, Do you need any help? Like, do you want to help or whatever? Like oh, yeah. just quit whatever I don't quit I don't whatever think you're doing. That anyone would ever think of me, but they should. They should think of you. You're you're I would do it. The driving uh uh torchbearer for the hoopla. But hoopla. hoopla! But yeah. Um so good. thank you. But so everything yeah, everything that you've been tackling, you know, the way that you tackle them, the, the the different aspects being divvied up between the episodes, I think that it does a lot of service to the topics. And I'm glad that the droids are getting their due here today because they are so important. And like I said, I think now more important than they ever were. I agree because I think as time has gone on, which I mean, we'll definitely get into at the end of the episode. I think R2 and C3PO are like super important, obviously, but like what you're saying about I think this new era of Star Wars has focused more on introducing not only new stuff like they always do, which is part of the fun of Star Wars, right? Like seeing new designs and all of that, but really introducing droids that further drive home that idea with George Lucas of like, droids are my favorite people. Like you have like a K2SO or like a L3, you know, like those are very 
main characters really you know absolutely yeah and it's almost like yes on the corporate level you could do the cynical argument of well they need a new droid to sell and then they they got to make them cute and it's like well first of all the cute thing like only to a certain point because like i don't think that k2 and l3 are designed to be cute you can think that speak for yourself Uh, that (laughs) k2 and his and his little circle eyes um but yeah, I did kiss him just, on the uh, face, like a little, give him a little kiss. You would, you'd climb Not all the like way up there. Not like a romantic kiss, like a, I just, uh, I, I love and appreciate you. A little forehead kiss. Yeah, it's nice. You think Cassian ever gave him a forehead kiss? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. I, That's why you got I the keep, backhand. I keep thinking about the void now, where they had the, you know, the ILM lab. Um, mm-hmm. God, what was it called now? I, I feel like Secrets I'm... Secrets of the Empire? Secrets of the Empire. Thank Secrets, you so much. Yeah. I was like, it's Empire something. Um, but they had, you know, I I like screamed and cried like the first couple minutes in because like you're standing there and it's like, okay, uh, you're going to go on your like mission now. And it's like, all right. And like the door opens and K2SO is standing there and he's like, come on, get through the door, like get in. And I'm like, oh my God. But you can touch him. Yeah. Like they have a like physical thing for you to touch that is his like torso and i was right like, touching him every i know a <laughs> friend of the show nick tierce who's been on both shows now posted that because that's closed down in I la know, i saw the, that they were moving the you know they're, they're, like they're moving stuff and out stuff. and the, someone the k2 went to auction i saw that i was like K2. wow i wish i was a rich person yeah. i know <laughs> that's okay one day i'm gonna build the k2 when i have the space i'm gonna do it and he's gonna be like a permanent fixture in my house instead of a christmas tree no no put, I will put the presents that. under k2 <laughs> uh yeah so so definitely uh be excited to dive in to all of these things for for all of these reasons and more and more well shall we start do you have anything else to add uh no i'm I'm excited to uh to to jump right in i i I see the plans you know for the i I see how the sausage is made i see the 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 bullet points and the charts and everything and yeah this this one's this one's big i've got i've got i've got bullet points like you said we got charts there's a chart (laughs) this time all right so let's get into it um so i wanted to first discuss the concept because i have gone personally in like looking all of this stuff up and contemplating this i've gone around in circles multiple times in my brain about what it could be um so droids good or bad is there a distinction um and um i really enjoy the quill quote from the mandalorian season one which is droids are not good or bad they are neutral reflections of those who imprint them which is 100 percent true i think yes yes but I wonder about extent, though. That's my only thing. So anyway, so we'll get into it. <laughs> so, but yes, I agree. And specifically, like, when you talk about, like, the original programming, right? And so I think the best kind of application of Quill's point of view on this is IG-11 and K2SO, right? They're both, which I'm sure there are other examples that I'm not thinking of, but I feel like those are the but most... Definitely the, the big ones. Yeah, biggest, like like, most screen time, kind of biggest, like... This clearly was a droid that was meant for bad purposes and has just been flipped around in a ch- for, with a change in programming. And that was all up to Quill or the Resistance or whoever, you know, whoever did it. So mm-hmm. what do you think? I think that it's an interesting idea that, and again, it's something that they're definitely playing with a lot now. You know, you mentioned those two. Um, there's also 
in Aftermath, Snap Wexley has Mr. Bones, his uh, B1 battle droid, who's like a killer B1 battle droid, but is, is like good. And then right. uh, in Resistance, Niku gets control of the, his B1 that's just called B1, and he has a bunch of B2s that are like his enforcers, and they're good. So it's like, I think that Star Wars is, it's almost like the, the creative force behind Star Wars, whoever it is, if it's um, the individual producer, showrunner, writers, Lucasfilm as a company, like, I think they realized that their, you know, redemption is such an important part of all the stories and that they had never gotten to play with that. I think a lot of Star Wars now is what have we not played with? And the droids of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy era are, for the most part, just exactly what they are. Like 3PO and R2 are pretty consistent across all the adventures. In the prequel trilogy, there wasn't really a major newly introduced droid it was sort of just like massively produced droid types like yeah B1s now, and there's, B2s. now there's a bunch of droids and they're bad <laughs> yeah yeah here's a bunch of droids and they're bad that way we can have epic war scenes without the implications of, of butchering people down i always think of steven spielberg getting to see the b1 in the beginning and george being like oh the jedi cut through these like butter <laughs> um, you know, like that's <laughs> and and Steven Spielberg, like, oh, that's gonna be great, George. That's gonna be the best. That's gonna be so good. And it was um, the best. You know what? It, it, it was. was. It was like maybe Spielberg was just saying that because he was tired, but no, it, it was definitely true. Uh, and I think that now we're moving into and, and and again, a lot of that is like Gungans versus B ones and Phantom Menace is so the continuation of Endor, right? Where Ewoks versus Stormtroopers is one level of organic versus technology how do you make that even more of a thing make the side entirely technology uh so it, it drives home that metaphor now star wars is playing with other metaphors and the metaphor of of the redemptive person in the case of ig you know actually becoming a nurse like going even further going to the exact opposite like get complete opposite of a killer direction. yeah to become a healer like that type of stuff is interesting in a way that i'm glad they're exploring now because star wars to me it gets called sci-fi it gets called sci-fi fantasy star wars to me is fantasy with sci-fi elements like it's a space yeah. opera I agree. but yeah. this droid conversation is the is to me the kind of sci-fi that star wars can play in comfortably that is still fantasy like i never want my star wars to have a teleporter like that to me is too trek like once we start talking about molecules and things yeah, like that. Yeah, there's like a certain level where the technology needs to like end. <laughs> exactly. Like it needs to be believable that you would still need a moisture farmer. You know, in Star Trek, I don't believe that there would ever need to be a moisture no, farmer. No, definitely not. Star Wars has to be archaic enough. And exploring the whole, is a, is a droid, what is droid choice? You know, what are droid rights? Is it? Is is the fact that K two dies a hero because of K two, or is it because of Cassian who reprogrammed K two? Like all of those questions. That's exactly the point, and that's exactly like the kind of thing that I've been discussing with myself, which is like, okay, so Quill, you know, edits IG eleven, brings him back. He's now a nurse droid. So that's a programming thing. So it is the imprinting of the person on them. But then you have someone like, which I'm kind of skipping around, but not really because she's next anyway. But we have L3, right? L337 mm -hmm. from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, and her quote 
because I have a quote here. Um, sure, some guy in a factory probably pieced me together originally, and someone else programmed me, so to speak. But then the galaxy itself forged me into who I am. Because we learn, Lando, we're programmed to learn, which means we grow. We grow away from that singular moment of creation, become something new with each changing moment of our lives. Yes, lives, and look at me, these parts. I did this. So maybe when we say the maker, we're referring to the whole galaxy, or maybe we just mean ourselves. Maybe we're our own makers, no matter who put the parts together. Which is just beautiful. I just want to cry. It's so good. Yeah, a phenomenal <laughs> no, but... story. Is is that from Last Shot? I, th- I, think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, probably from Last Shot, and that, which but... is a great book to read for that character. Yeah, but so like you come to you come to L three three seven, and it's like very clearly she can recognize like I've been shaped by my experiences, which is something that I've talked in previous episodes. Which is like technically speaking, especially when you look at like C three PO or R two D two, like there are definitely droids that are shaped by their experiences and are essentially just having like. Just, just people. They're just people. They are yeah. reacting to the things around them, and they are learning from the things around them. So, it's a difficult conversation because, yeah, they're programmed a certain way. But so, if IG Eleven were permitted to continue to live, and maybe was given more of a choice about what he wanted to do in life, do you think maybe there's a chance that he was like, you know what, I'm good at killing. Like, I don't know why. I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, is yeah. there a chance he would have gravitated back to that life if he was left to his own devices? <laughs> like, how does that work? <laughs> this, this, this is like a reference that I did not ever think I was going to make on either of our shows. Did you watch Over the Garden Wall? No, I'm not. So in Over the Garden Wall. I heard Wall, it's very cute, though. It's great. I think you would really enjoy it. And it's a quick watch. Um, that's my recommendation for anybody listening. Uh, there is a, a horse in the show, a talking horse. And not important how they get this talking horse, but in the in one episode, they decide to let the talking horse choose like what they're gonna do. And the talking horse is like, I wanna steal. And you find out that the talking horse is like a thief. That's what <laughs> I'm like, saying. It's, it's like, like you never know. Like if you give something free will, it might make a terrible choice. Exactly. So- <laughs> but so that's and I guess really you can honestly chalk it up to at the end of the day maybe due to programming or just like capabilities of the actual droid body itself maybe yeah. some droids just can't go to a certain place in terms of free will like maybe that's just not an option you know like there's some sort of a block at some point yeah i think that there's again there's there's minor elements of lore um like in the higher public i, I travis mentioned this in, in the intro episode for this series um j6 avon staros's droid Mm-hmm. Avon, and this is again, this is like 230 years before Phantom Menace. Um, not that there weren't droids for thousands of years, which becomes Never, that weird yeah. conversation. But the um, J6 droid in the course of the novel over the over the different chapters had her ability to create choices and everything turned on, um, which you get to see over the course of the novel in like some fun ways, like she'll she'll like refuse to do something and some of the characters are like did she just say no like did she just you know did she yeah and so it becomes like this really cool but again it's the rebellious spirit of that child because avon staros is a child genius that did that so there's all those questions you know of how how much that droid um abides by certain parameters like is r2d2 a hero because r2d2 was military and R2 is from the Naboo Royal, is Naboo Royal property, you know, <laughs> in, his, in his origins. Chopper and Star Wars Rebels, we know, fought in the Clone Wars. 
and and was an astromech. Oh, we'll get to Chopper in a minute because I oh. got a theory about Chopper. Chopper's, okay. Chopper is, is Mahomie. I so think I Chopper's actually evil. Because of his body count? It's that in addition to other things, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> questionable past, questionable uh, service history uh, on my boy. But yeah, it's an interesting conversation overall before we get into more of the specifics because I just think that Again, Star Wars is sci-fi enough that you can have this conversation, but it's also fantasy enough that like you have this golden man in 3PO who's so clearly the butler archetype, you know, the nerd archetype, the wise uh, sort of bookish person. And he's a robot, but he feels fear. You know, they, they feel fear. They have certain exactly. edicts, you know? So it's just like there's Star Wars has enough room so like like why does R2D2 scream? He should never scream because he shouldn't feel pain. He's a robot, but it's Star Wars, so he I think does. He just screams for the chaos, to be honest. Like, scr- I think he screams to let keep everybody on edge. He just I'm telling you, I know, I know it for sure. He just screams to be chaotic. Um no, but that's exactly what you're saying, where you think about like something like like you said, like Star Trek, right? And you have androids and things like that, but they are you know, A, B, and C things, they are very, there are parameters and that's what that thing exists within. And it's not like in Star Wars, you have such a a varied like playing field of different kinds of droids and different kinds of personalities. And that's the fantasy of it is like pairing that with the human aspect, because really, I mean, there's nothing else like it. And that's the thing, like, that's what we discussed in the first couple episodes with Travis is like, droids are such a uniquely like specific thing. Like, you can have robots in other media that are maybe similar to Star Wars, but they will not be a droid. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't have... You can... It's it's that... Almost like how the the way that the government defines, like, adult content, you know? Like, you you, you know it if you know it. Like, you know, if you see it, you see it. (laughs) Have you ever heard that? Like, the way that the U.S. government defines, like, what is inappropriate or, like, what is, like, pornographic is if you see it you know it like basically like that you know the, when you see it okay <laughs> you know when you see it is i forget what the exact wording the wording is no, but, but that yeah with droids yeah like if you show me a robot and there are some that get really close like i think that the biggest line blurring element is wally i literally i it is scary sometimes, Alden, because I was just thinking about that. I was They're like, you know what? Mind. Wally and Eve are probably like the closest thing I would say, like, are absolutely to the closest. Like, you could drop Eve on Camino and I would believe it. And you could she drop. She would vibe so well. Her aesthetic yeah. is like. Just going up and down the halls and oh on Camino. Yeah. I and then Wally. I editing could... photos. I would just put him in there. And then Wally is definitely like on Jakku, lost. Yes, but, just yeah, wandering like... around. Oh, Ray and Wally, like Force Awakens Ray. Oh my God. Oh, wow. What a wow. If you're listening and you enjoy doing Photoshop, do this. Yeah. Charlie. No, but yeah. Charlie. Uh it it's it shout out to Charlie Ashby who does all the graphics. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's one of those things, but then there are other robots where I watched the movie and that that's a robot that is not fit Star Wars. And and I guess it's like that with alien designs too. Like there are some alien designs where I'm like, eh, it doesn't really feel like a Star Wars alien design. Um, Star Wars alien design is such a specific thing, but that's I feel like that's the entirety of Star Wars. It's a very specific, yeah. It's, it and lived in enough in the you know it when you see it because that does apply for other things in Star Wars as well. Yeah, it's true. 
Because I've like tried to draw concepts and for things before. They're not very good. But <laughs> you, when you're drawing something, you're like, that's not that's not Star Wars. I can't fully explain why it's not, but that's not it. You know, like you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the uniqueness of the droids has been embraced so much now in these conversations about their humanity and about their their autonomy and sort of what's going on with them now where it's almost amazing sometimes when you, when you find out how simple their origins were like BB-8 just being like JJ saying like well this this shape would be cool I drew this on a bar napkin make this yeah like that type of like and then you get this rich character out of it and it's like it's crazy to think Mm -hmm. about all the steps you know where yes JJ Abrams created BB-8 but you know you have Bill Hader and and Ben Schwartz doing the the beeps and the boops and the and you have you know a whole new company that Lucasfilm had to purchase to get the patent for that head balancing technology and just it's it's wild you know what goes into them and then you end up with this sweet little roly poly baby at the end little baby um but yeah um bring it back to L three though so. What I wanted to do here was discuss, like, of course, we know all about her personality, right? Like, she's very sassy. She basically created herself. She was made from, basically, her owner at the time accidentally, I mean, I I don't think they accidentally took the restraining bolt off, but they accidentally left it off overnight. And so, in that time frame, she said, well, I guess I'm liberating myself and, like, gave herself legs because her whole body her like torso is like an astromech so she basically just like built herself out herself and so that's a lot of her talking about being like self-made essentially um but also um i wanted to talk about like each of these droids what their alignment would be like on is it specifically a D alignment chart because i think that it started with dungeons and dragons if, it's, if it was used before then someone let me know um but i'm pretty sure that these alignments started with D&D and then just sure. other places. I just thought it would be fun to go through and figure out what they are as we talk about their general personality. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, but so I think L337 is probably one of the better examples of just like pure free will. Just like, I'm doing yeah. whatever I want. And that's, I mean, aside from her whole like, you know, clearly droid rights section, which I get upset because people make fun of and I actually really enjoy like I mean, no, it was a okay. good story Before, let's not get into it too much, but I think L3 deserved better, but... <laughs> it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's a definitely, again, it's a conversation but, that could be the whole episode, but just to, just to touch on it, I agree with you, and I've said this to you off-air, like, if you had just made her more of an active participant in the choosing of, you know, I have these charts, like, I could help with the castle run, correct, like, that changes everything. It's just the fact before, that she yeah. dies before anything happens. Well, that's, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, I mean, I think that the framing of, like, the whole, like, droid rights thing could be handled, it could have been handled a little bit better, um, but yes, I, I particularly take issue with her ending in that she was all about droid liberation, and she did not have a say in being just, like, put into the falcon and i think that makes the falcon really interesting and really cool in a lot of ways i think it also makes it infinitely more heartbreaking to think about um 
like when Lando and Han meet up and Lando's like, oh, that's my ship. Like his best friend is in that ship. Like that's pretty sad. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, like a lot of these like big franchise things. But I just feel like, like she maybe would have, yeah. would not have wanted that and did not have a say in that. It's interesting to see sort of how, the, you know, these ideas can change things for the better and for the worse. I almost feel like in, in retrospect, like the droid revolution storyline was almost too big to be a B plot in a movie. And I almost wish that like it had been maybe the Lando and L3 movie or something like that. Um, now like I'm just going living in a different reality. Enjoyed, that'd be really cool. But yeah, it just felt like, wow, that's a major thing to have as a side character's motivation. You know, like you don't yeah, give... Yeah, I get that. Normally the side characters, like there's A characters like Ray. There's B characters that are strong B characters that are still leads. You know, like like Han in the original trilogy. And then there are like your C tier characters. And L3 is kind of a C tier character. She doesn't make it to the last third of the movie. She's the sidekick of a side character. And they gave her such a major personality and such a, which is great. And such a major storyline that has like implications like for the whole galaxy. Like, oh my God, like we're having a conversation about autonomy and body rights and, and classism and all these yeah, things. Yeah, like she's definitely like the extreme of like, droids being in charge yeah and it was just like and but you know kessel run time and it's like i love no i get that i agree i think it fit really well into what was happening and i honestly liked that she just like took it upon herself like it was like yeah we're like totally not here for this reason but i'm just gonna do this anyway while we're here because (laughs) why wouldn't i do this um but i love that about her but i think i think generally speaking like I see her as good. Um, I have I actually have her as I picked this because, yeah, I picked chaotic neutral for my like alignment for her because okay. And now this is a chart that I pulled off the internet that has described the alignments to me mm. in the best way that I can understand. So mm. I like it. If it's wrong, my B, but I think it sounds right. <laughs> um, but so chaotic neutral in here is listed as follows whimsy, takes care of themselves, very spontaneous. So I think that's her. I think she's like she's got that whimsy, um, and I. Yeah. But I, I think she could be chaotic good. Chaotic good's just like they're gonna do whatever to save the day. There's a there's but, a slight that's like right on the line of good and neutral, but definitely yeah. chaotic. And because it's like you can make the argument like, oh, it's good because she wants to liberate droids, but it's also like could also be neutral because she wants droids to have their own choices, which could definitely be bad. Like it's not like she's like. I want to liberate you to join the rebellion. It's that she's saying, I want you to go do whatever you yeah, want. I want you to just which live the way that you want neutral. to. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of why I went with the neutral because yeah, I think that she is chaotic good. But at the same time though, I think that she like define, cause this is, we'll use any means to save the day, like define, like, I don't think her idea of save the day would maybe be what, like Lando's idea of save the day is no. per se. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, and I think, I mean, she definitely like refuses him and is like, I'm not doing that. What? I'm not doing that, you know? Um, so yeah. So it's somewhere in there, I think is where, is where she rests, but yeah, very happy with the chaotic. Oh, I meant to say this before. I think I would say IG 11 and K2S are both chaotic good. Like they'll do whatever it takes yeah. to save the day. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that... But I'm not sure if they necessarily have a choice in that. K2, I could even see sort of being like a true neutral. 
to a certain degree. Um, yeah, I could see it. A true neutral roped into the side of good. Again, you know, it's that conversation of like Cassian said I had to. Like, is that comedy in the movie or did he mean that? You know, <laughs> Would now, he have gone? And now I feel like the more we talk about it, now I feel like he might be more of a neutral good because... And this is this is probably my favorite description on this chart. The description for neutral good is <laughs> in the scenario of like a cat being in the tree and a kid being upset. We'll calm the child, but we'll not get the cat out of the tree. <laughs> and I, I resent think that, that, that the example is John. Snow. I know I it, it, it kind of makes sense though. Honestly, he would get the cat. I don't know. I don't know, babe. But <laughs> yeah. But so I think that that really does describe K two S O very well, actually. Cause it's yeah, like, that I agree with. Because that's the thing is like he has free will, but I'm not. But it, but it's almost like I don't know. I guess I wonder about you know. Clearly, he was uploaded with more of a rebellion kind of right programming. So maybe that was a largely neutral programming because I I do think he has a lot of his own personality in there, and clearly I think he has like learned things from being with Cassian and and doing whatever. But so it is that question of like how far, right? Well, there's also there's also the element that I that I love and was really excited to to do this particular episode of the Droid series, which is because intentional or not, I don't know if this was something that the company decided they were going to do or if it's a creative mandate, but. Pretty much everybody, whether it's Gareth Edwards or or you know J.J. Abrams or Dave Filoni, everybody has pretty much universally decided that droids are going to be funny, at least in some degree. Exactly, and that's why I think sometimes it's hard to classify them because I yes. think if they make you laugh, you're not as like you're not as judgmental as a them. viewer. Like we haven't gotten to them yet, but like triple zero, for example. Triple zero, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're not in the bad section. We're in the quote unquote good section. Yeah, these are heroic droids heroic, for the most part. Heroic droids, and then we'll get to Chopper. I was gonna say I have, I have, I have, I have thoughts about Chopper. Okay. But it's interesting because then there's the fallibility of like the narrator. Like I said with K two, when he says something like Cassian said, I had to. Is that comedy for the sake of making a fun motion picture or is that actually the character (laughs) admitting i won't go to my death unless ordered to and then there's also the element of like even less innocuous or even more innocuous jokes of like you know earlier in the film that he says like that he could survive in space you know where it's not it's comedy to the viewer but it's just him being matter of fact you know some of the more matter of fact droids like k2 and ig I feel like fall sort of into that neutrality because I mean, you could make an argument that IG is even neutral about his death. K2 goes out very violently in a gunfight, you know, with troopers. But IG says, I've never been alive. He's neutral and matter of fact about his own demise. And so that informs, I think, a lot of the character. Yeah. And again, that's like IG-11 doesn't have that much of a personality. Is that due to the fact that his physical, you know, most every single IG that we've seen, very robotic, not very, you know, emotional or human-like in personality at all? Or is that just because he didn't have enough time to get there and have those lived experiences? Yeah. And his only, you know, his only driving force at that point is that he's, you know, that Grogu is his charge and that he has to ensure that he's safe. I would even argue with K2 that it might be slightly unclear of 
you know, is he shooting in a firefight to save himself? I mean, probably a little bit, right? But it could also just be that he knows that there is a mission going on and he needs to deter as much as possible instead of just accepting death and like yeah. making it easier to get to Jin and Cassian. Mm-hmm. And he also has that, and this ties in with conversations we'll have in a little bit about 3PO is that K2 is a data-driven personality where, you know, engaging in a firefight with troopers in that final battle to him, like in that mission focus type way is I could interpret that as like, I'm just trying to increase the mathematical odds that we succeed, you know, independently yes, of exactly. if he's afraid of being destroyed Very independently analytical. of other things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, it's playing the game of odds where someone like L3 and someone like K2, even though they're both hilarious, like they would never be able to work together. You know, I don't think in any capacity they would, they would drive each other crazy. Uh, in the same way that L3, it's heavily implied, curses out 3PO through the Millennium Falcon. So He deserved it's, it anyway. That's true. No, that's true. He definitely did. <laughs> On that note, R2, D2, and C3PO. Um, I actually have wildly different, because I do think that they are very contrasting um, mm-hmm. in their alignments. But so I would say that R2, D2 is chaotic good. Yeah. So we'll use any means to save the day if they want to save the day. And I think that's definitely true. Pure chaos. And I think C-3PO is lawful neutral. Lawful neutral, yeah. That's exactly believes in justice and believes in the law, does what they're told. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. <laughs> the examples on <laughs> These the are the examples, the yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I think, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think for me anyways, that nails it. Because I do think that... C-3PO is, I would say, one of the more, like, emotional and, like, just personable, specifically with protocol droids. But I think, you know, when you think about droids in Star Wars, right, like, R2 and C-3PO have very interesting personalities and they're very differing. Um, But I think at the end of the day, C-3PO is still very much controlled by whether that's his choice or a little bit more about his own programming, very controlled by order and rules and doing what he's told i agree i agree even if he doesn't like it he'll say i don't want to do this but he'll do it (laughs) yeah or you know in in the the contrasting or the converse he sometimes wants to help but feels he can't and the other characters have to do a workaround like i can't impersonate a deity or i can't translate the ancient language of the sith oh yes that's the big one (laughs) yeah like i can't he's like i want to help you like that's the i love that moment with poe dameron when poe's like so you can't read this he's like no i can read it i just can't speak it like i I can translate it it. for you (laughs) yeah um so protocol droids almost have their own unique place in society where in the same way that i guess butlers again go to butlers go to butler school there's an etiquette there that he's beholden to even though he does have a good personality um where you know we'll get into triple zero as a villain triple zero has the same level of etiquette and class as 3po but without any of the morals so it becomes an interesting sort of 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 sort of play there and that's why you know these two of r2 and 3po are so perfect together i completely agree with your alignments and I think George would too if he knew what an alignment chart was, which I highly doubt. <laughs> you don't think George knows what an alignment chart is? I'm sure Maybe he played D and D a couple of times. <laughs> George Lucas on Facebook. I don't with know. His burner account on Facebook. He's seen it somewhere, I'm sure. At this point, you Maybe. Think he like enjoy. I feel like he would totally play. Who shows him memes? Like There's got to be someone. His son, maybe Jet Lucas. Um, but yeah, there's a. Uh, 
there's something so classic about these two. You know, they're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They are, they're every great, you know, they're, they're Abbott and Costello, they're Laurel and Hardy. Like, that comedy of contrast, like, it doesn't get much better in movies than this to the point where now I think that R2 3PO has become a, a, an archetype for duos. Like they were made in the shadow of other archetypes, but they're so big now that like sometimes you see characters and you're like, oh, it's kind of an R2 3PO thing going on. And, yeah, and it, it sort of that. just like vibes that way where now, especially, I mean, in Star Wars, you can't introduce any pair of droids without them being R2 3PO. That's just a fact um, in some way. But even in, I know that like Kevin Smith always jokes that when he was promoting clerks overseas, uh, that like, I think it was like a French journalist asked him like, so Jay and Silent Bob are C-3PO and R2-D2? And that he didn't intend for that, but he was just like, oh yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. That's exactly what they are. Um, So yeah, I think that, you know, even something like a Woody and Buzz sort of comes from that that same sort of comedy of contrast yeah um, yeah just so. being so different one more dedicated to order and the other one just like not caring yeah. <laughs> just vibing just vibing r2 you know? man vibing but like you're saying before you kind of mentioned it earlier about like r2 is kind of like technically a war hero right and like c3po is definitely like serve diplomats and stuff like that and so like yeah. I definitely, I wonder to myself, you know, because R2 is a very, I mean, same with Stupio actually, like, I think it must just be because they've been around for so long that they have such complex personalities, to be honest with you. And I'm sure with, yeah. like, R2, you know, older model, I'm sure he's missed out on updates on purpose just so he doesn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, R2 doesn't want the new home screen. No, not at all. No, he, oh, he no, no. Definitely not, no. Everything so, would be the same. I think they are a very good example of just, like, lots of lived experiences like they've definitely seen some stuff (laughs) yeah that is why they are the way they are and r2 you know has that unique quality again adding to the contrast of the characters of that he remembers the entire saga which yeah he never had a memory wipe which is is tragic i mean there's the i believe it's the novelization of empire strikes back that has a line that says that r2 doesn't like to be told to stay with the ship which ties in really nicely with Revenge of the Sith, intentional or otherwise. Um, you know, because that would have been the last time we saw Anakin, like that I'm type sad. of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big sad, big sad. Um, whereas 3PO did have his memory wiped, you know, by the Antilles family for the Organas, thus sort of reaffirming his, his like, you know, servitude life, even though he was made for Shmi. But you got to wonder, like, how much of his neurotic personality sort of comes from that stuff. You know, he was made, not to bring it, like, so dark, but, like, C-3PO was made by a slave to help a slave. You know, he, he's come from the most stressful of circumstances. Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting. You know, the, those that Star Wars invites you, I think, to dig as deep as you want into sort of, like, those elements. And it's never bothered me that 3PO was made by Darth Vader. You know, like that's definitely a thing that original trilogy fans have complained a lot about. But what? Um, oh, okay. no, yeah. Oh, that was the that was the original it's making everything too small. Um and I okay. you know, I'm fine with it. But I like that you brought that up though about like talking about like being born of like a very difficult situation. 
I wonder, because you're talking about, like, memory wipe and stuff, but I wonder how, again, this would go into probably, like, droid mechanics, which we have no knowledge of, like, actual in-universe droid mechanics, but, like, does memory wipe necessarily, does that mean a full, full wipe of everything and that changes, like, because clearly his personality is still intact, or is that something that is just because of how he was made? And the things you've experienced, like, no matter how much you wipe it, you're still going to have that, like, ingrained somewhere. Yeah, in, I mean, there droid. are definitely, there are definitely illusions to that very idea in canon. There was that one shot C-3PO comic that Oh, came don't out. bring that up. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad, right? And, like, that they has made that, that little throwaway line of, like, I bet you didn't recognize me with the red arms. And you're like, oh, that's so funny. Like, I can't wait for this one shot. And then it's, like, the most devastating thing it's I've ever read. Absolutely horrific. It is like, so sad. It's really well written and very slept on. So if it's you haven't good. picked it up, definitely Please find do that it. issue. We won't talk too uh, much into it. I hope not. Don't, don't yeah. spoil it too much. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but it, it is the origin of the red arm. And it plays with those ideas. It, the, the, the name of the story when you open the first page is The Phantom Limb. So, you know, it has sort yeah. of that psychological idea in re- that we have in real life of amputees, you know, sometimes feeling um, the leg or arm that perhaps they're missing now uh, that, that tr- carries over into the Star Wars galaxy for droids and how they... He, I think it, 3PO like kind of remembers like Attack of the Clones. Like he kind of remembers, oh, one time my head got switched, but he can't place any of that, you know, which is yeah. which is super interesting. Which I can also imagine would probably even even add to the anxiety, honestly, of like yeah. having these bits and pieces and not knowing what they're about, you know. It's honestly a miracle that by the time of the sequels, he's not just you know a complete and utter mess. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is, but he's still, again, it's it's the rules. It's the rule follower in him. He's got to keep it together a little bit so he can follow the rules, you know? Yeah. And that's why I love in, in Last Jedi the line that Leia has of wipe that nervous expression off your face, 3PO. It's like, because A, she knows he's him so well. He's permanently like that, yeah. He's, he's like, just like that at all times. Mode. Yeah. <laughs> he also physically looks like he's in distress all the time, which is even better. Um. Yeah, I, and that's such a great, I mean, you're... You, I honestly like I wish that I could I could exit the episode and bring in Alyssa for a second to to talk about this with her design perspective with you because your design conversations are always the best with with Alyssa um but the whole choice to have his arms and a permanent elbow bent is so effective for telling you so much about his like he's like oh i'm like ethos. Up, like uppity a little bit it's and uppity, then the, but then, and then like the facial expression is when like he has anxiety. like a jolt of fear or something <laughs> yeah. like he's already in that huh like you know, he's like flailing above, yeah like he's in flailing yeah. mode at all times yeah for sure <laughs> yeah definitely definitely an effective choice and again that anthony daniels you know being a mime and all that stuff go buy his book and he'll he'll tell you all about it Yes, he will. He definitely will tell you. <laughs> even if you don't buy his book, he'll tell even you. Even if all you about don't it. even ask, he's gonna tell you. I just, <laughs> no hate towards the man. I love him, but he is. He knows. So he, he knows. He extra. he must know. <laughs> he's so extra, and that's oh, fine. Um, all right. So next on the list is BD One. Love him. Whom I put down for as. Yeah, I would say. No, wait. I take it back. I actually wasn't sure what to classify BD-1 as because I wanted to say chaotic neutral, but one of the characteristics of chaotic neutral is takes care of themselves. And BD-1 actually kind of just like runs into stuff because he's excited. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and also like 
could die. Yeah. Like he's not very good at like staying out, like protecting I himself. BD1, I guess BD one has to be in the good section. Now it's it's funny yeah. because he he's an interesting character because he doesn't have like a truly um he's again he's he speaks in beeps and chirps so it's a little bit different than some of the other droids so he's not like sarcastic or anything like that but i really do think that he might be chaotic good for this reason we'll use any means to save the day i was gonna you know, say that i am yeah like light spoilers for fallen order if you haven't played it but when they reveal why bd one's memories need to be pieced together and the fact that Cal Kestis meets BD-1 and he has no memories and slowly but surely he gets these flashes and these holograms of Eno Cordova, the Jedi that had him before. BD-1 literally of his own volition erased his memories in the hope that a new hero would come around and that they could, you know, piece things back together. So he erased his own brain to keep information secret. So like so this guy this guy went the distance, man. Like Yeah, you're right actually. Yeah. B1 is a madman, you know, for doing that. Like that to me was when like I always say that Marin's my favorite character in the game because I love her, but like also um, correct. B- truly. Uh BD1 is I think really my favorite character in the game. That's the most emotional scene and you know, he just had to b- believe like Imagine if someone was like, Tori, you got to willingly get amnesia and you have to trust that things are going to work out. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that sounds like the most drastic thing you could do, but he did it. And he's cute. He's so cute. And he's sort I of like a of the puppy cutest, and, a, and a parrot. He's like, inspired by, actually, it's weird you say that. He's inspired, he was inspired by, partially by uh, Snoopy and Woodstock. Snoopy and Woodstock. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And then I think one of the other creators, dogs as well. I see Definitely that. Definitely very dog driven, um, which is why BD One's best because dogs are great. So, oh, that's a, that, can we have that conversation at the end? I, there's there's a couple of those I want to run by you and get your opinion on. What? On is is this a dog or is this a baby? Like one of them, like one of them is BB Eight. Is BB Eight a little brother or is he a dog? To Poe, his primary person. A dog. He's a dog. To Poe po specifically, dog. If you had asked me generally, I think I would have maybe gone more towards like, baby. But the way that he like, rubs his belly when BB yeah, approaches little... him and stuff, like <laughs> it's a dog. <laughs> yeah, he's a dog. It, it's so funny because it's like so many. Like some people say, like, oh, R two is like a dog. He's like Anakin's dog, and like I get that. But R two is also like a. He's a. What is R two? R is like a crotchety brother. Yeah, almost like R two is a cat. Almost more like that, yeah. Like there's, yeah, I feel like R2's a cat some of these R2's have direct, over it. like, like Dio, to me is a is a rescue dog. I mean, it's all over his character. Like I know he was designed yeah. after a duck, but he's a rescue dog. Um, a rescue duck? Why not? He's a a rescue duck. Yeah. There you go. Why not? <laughs> Ducktails. Woohoo! I was gonna say uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I've gone back and forth on on BB and on R two. A couple different times. I know that Dave Filoni says Chopper is a cat, but I feel like Chopper is that's a, true. <laughs> Chopper is a be- begrudged uncle in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's interesting. There's no, there's no one to one, but it's just something that I've thought about. And I agree with you that with Poe, BBA is kind of a puppy, but yeah, for sure. Speaking of puppies, man up. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, just want to say one last thing before we go. Um, from BB BD One, I just want to say. 
Speedy one's the best, but that that's it. <laughs> he is the best, and you have all the pieces to one. And Shh, since we've been friends, just leave me since alone. Since we've been friends, I've been waiting for you to build it. No leave pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, okay, I haven't really fully announced it yet. I guess I'll just say it on here because hopefully by this point, if I don't have it live at this point, that'll be embarrassing. But mm. I am trying to put together a Patreon, and that is something that I have on my list i i the patreon would be my main goal would be to release like an instructive video hmm. once a month right yeah which i mean you already know about all this i've talked about this but oh i was gonna play um, it like i didn't know oh wow. okay well, Ooh, didn't know. tell me about those um, tears but <laughs> yeah so it's on my that's on my list of like perspective videos is doing one probably on like putting them together and like priming him maybe and then like doing one on like painting or something like that so Yes, I've 3D printed an entire BD one and I've never put it together and it is my secret shame and maybe one day I'll build it. <laughs> maybe. Right. So next on the list is Chopper, which I have a lot of thoughts Woo! on Chopper. I'm ready to talk about this. These notes look like a, a legal indictment of Chopper. Literally, like most of these droids have like one or two things. Chopper is like five bullet points. <laughs> so this all, so really, honestly, I never thought about this this much until the episode with Alyssa, which is when we were trying to look up something and somehow right. Chopper kill count popped up and we were like, what is this? Which by the way, it popped up for me after that episode. It, so somebody out there Common. is pushing this Apparently agenda. Apparently someone, yeah, yeah. So I I enjoy, here are a couple quick notes from like his his wiki, which I think are really funny. Um, <laughs> due to his old age and lack of regular maintenance, Chopper developed an argumentative, cantankerous, and mischievous personality. Um, another, another such quote, Chopper did not care about being loved by the organics he worked with and seemed to dislike other astromechs. <laughs> the third is possibly my favorite thing that's on the wiki, which is, he has a mischievous and psychopathic streak, <laughs> which I agree with. A Mad psychopathic lad. streak. Mad lad. Um, so anyway, so the kill count thing is from a Reddit thread um, that you can find that someone apparently had sat through all the Star Wars Rebels and tallied up to the best of their ability um, so the funny. deaths that Chopper is responsible for. So there are 19 direct kills from Chopper. With a whopping forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven <laughs> indirect kills using sabotage, and then twenty kills using explosives. In addition to this, he's killed three fellow astromechs and one other droid. He also tried to kill Ezra twice and suggested infant infant. <laughs> he suggested infanticide, inf infanticide once. <laughs> suggested. What's great about that question, is that like. No, I was going to say, what's great is that if you're ready to defend him, you're like, oh, 19 kills. And then the next one is like, like 50,000 indirect <laughs> kills due to sabotage. So uh -oh. I would like for anybody they to blow up a lot of bases that. and rebels. Um, I think, and this is, I'm not actually serious when I say this, but I know people get real mad about a Kylo Ren redemption with all that he have the havoc that he supposedly wreaked. But let's talk about Chopper. <laughs> No, Chopper, Chopper deserve yeah. redemption. I'm not sure. Um, but so my question with this is, because I think a lot of the droids that we see 
are we kind of talked about this with the humor right they're kind of presented as good right but mm-hmm. of course good and bad are always going to be subjective right. so with trapper are we just like on board with this because technically he's on like our side or on the side of kind of the way that the media that we're consuming is framed right so like absolutely no, <laughs> i mean good just because he's affiliated with the rebels because i kind of after reading all of this was like is trapper evil like does he just happen to be with a group well, of really good like, people and yes technically maybe he's doing things for the greater good but he's also so cantankerous mischievous like pick yeah. pick, an, pick an adjective did he just happen to land in this position and if he wasn't with these people that were really good he'd still be doing these things well it's interesting because it's like is chopper I mean, Chopper's kind of like the inglorious bastard of droids. Like, he's yes, he's he's vicious, but he's blowing up Nazis, essentially. Correct, correct. So it's like, we can make that argument. However, to your point... But is this through a happenstance of circumstances? Like, is it just that he happens to be in this specific circumstance? Now, I would say, to a point, you could have made that argument i could see it but the thing that i love about the character which you know i alluded to at the beginning of him being a war veteran when there's that episode where they pass that crashed y-wing and ezra is it ezra sabine one of the two kids it says to hera like why does chopper seem so like out of it and he he just stopped rolling around and he's just looking at the y-wing and hera says well chopper came from a crashed y-wing you know he went down in the war so then you're like oh he has ptsd you're like chopper is a vet like that changes so much and then i would argue he we root for him more because he's part of the ghost crew but if you asked me truly in my soul like okay in my my heart i'm gonna say like he belongs with hera truly like oh absolutely you you can never tell me he doesn't belong with hera but if you asked me logically or in terms of alignment where he would fit the most saw Guerrero. he is saw Guerrero as a droid like oh that's a really interesting point actually they have the same a they were both broken by the same war they're fighting in the same war now they have the same ends justify the means i mean saw has blown up streets with children on them you know we see in rogue one you know that little girl doesn't die i mean she probably did later on because of the blast but we see sort of the lengths and to the way that Saw disturbs people like Mon Mothma and, and Draven and Bail Organa. You know, he's considered a radical. He would probably love to have an astromech by his side like Chopper. So, but Saw is a host unto himself and he's not palling around with characters that we love like Hera and Kanan so it, or, and Zeb. So he's not playful or, or pet-like. So I think that it plays into what you said earlier of like the way that they're presented to us allows everything to be more palatable. Like, yeah. you know, like he's not a main droid, uh, but you know, I'll give a shout to BB9E. BB9E is 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 a, is a Nazi narc sociopath but he's who Brown, ruins Brown the boy. exactly. He ruins <laughs> the entire mission. Almost gets thin and exactly, rose, that's what I'm saying. decapitated. It's all, about, like, it's all about how you frame it because I mean, underneath it all. I'm kind of just being like I don't actually think Trapper's that evil. Of but course, it's, but it's a conversation. Thought of like is like if this droid were left to his own devices, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I super agree that um, 
definitely i would i could definitely see like the similarities between sakura which i mean sakura is another incredible and probably very long conversation but a great character so now we're into the quote-unquote bad oh we do we even do we even assign him alignment we didn't we did not assign a chopper alignment sorry so for chopper's alignment i'd say chaotic good right chaotic good d- depending on the day chaotic neutral <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He falls he falls in between there. Although I have to say the description for chaotic evil is run, just run, assume they're psychopaths, violent for no reason. I mean there's that. I too. think it I mean, depends it, on the day. I think it the yeah, entire like, we didn't, chaotic um, section. We didn't detail a lot of his beefs because it would take too long. But like this man meets R2D2 in season one and it's just it's they're fighting on sight. Like yeah. he immediately hates them. You know, we, we talk, obviously, he, he killed that, for, that uh, I was going to say First Order. He killed that Empire droid that they had painted. And then, like, Ezra and Zeb were like, he's not too bad. Like, implying that he would be part of the crew now. <laughs> and Chopper threw him out of a moving spaceship. So, he's yeah, a brutal, brutal human being. <laughs> pretty brutal. Pretty, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, now we're going to move into the quote-unquote bad droids, right? So, first and foremost, we have Triple Zero, um, Etiquette, Customs, Translation, and Torture. A beautiful wow. array of talents here. Um, I think Triple Zero is very fun. I think you said it best. It's essentially, really, C-3PO with all the, the charm, the wit, the um, knowledge, right? But just murder, you know? Yeah, he. I think that he was one of the early... I think, well, the whole Afra crew, you know, of, of her BT and Triple Zero, they were such a, a fun exercise and like flipping different things on their head mm-hmm. in, in a way that is, in the way that it knows it is. Like they're not pretending that that isn't evil 3PO and R2. They know it is. They're very clearly supposed to be that. And the way that they play with that in certain ways, like, uh, like how BT, like R2 is an astromech. He's there to fix things. And BT is, is, is a bomber. Like he's there explicitly there to, to destroy blow things, things up. <laughs> so it, it's, but, but playing with that in such a way, uh, I thought was really clever. And, and making Triple Zero just this like delightful psychopath um, was just really, really exciting. I, and I thought that, again, Star Wars having a lot of that less is more sometimes. Like they didn't need to go and make him evil looking droid just like black paint and red eyes was enough you didn't need to give him any oh it's special. perfect i mean he's got the I he's got it. finger attachments too yeah but, that's true yeah <laughs> but yeah the, the black and red was enough because i think that like there are some droids like forlom you know and, and certain other ones like that uh zero from mandalorian where they definitely look a little more badass like yeah they've got a protocol body but their head looks a little more bug-like or a little less friendly human. Yeah. Um, Triple Zero still having yeah. a 3PO head is, is a great touch. I agree with that statement. I think, again, as we said before, the humor comes into play again with him where it's like just very funny the way that things are presented and talked about because he is like that still in some ways that, that C-3PO kind of personality while still being like, I'm, I'm going to torture you now. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so I would place him personally around chaotic evil, which as I just read is run, assume they're psychopaths, violent for no reason. And I do think that's true. I think triple zero yeah. 
I would say chaotic evil as well. We're not like, working out with Afro would just be like out. Yeah. Murray. He like definitely believes <laughs> like, that he's lawful evil. Yeah. But he he is chaotic for sure. Yeah. He enjoys the torture. Exactly. Exactly. Which if people don't know his like what's the word I'm looking for now? I'm I'm ugh. programming. Yeah, there you go. Programming. <laughs> his programming was made and then they were immediately like, we need to get rid of this programming. He basically like ultroned the whole thing and was like, oh, too late. I exist. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Afra got a hold of the programming and the rest, the rest is history. As See, Ultron, say. not huh? a droid. <laughs> Ultron, a great example of not a droid. Like, there's nothing about great. him that feels like he would ever fit into this world. Um, he's distinctly what he's supposed to be over there. Correct. I think I would argue that I think the biggest divider for me, because I do think it is interesting in that he has a personality. I think that his personality is almost too much, if that makes sense. Yeah, he, he's, he is the dark. I mean, the, the film version is the dark Tony, you know, and, and, and yeah. that type of referential. <laughs> yeah. Like one of my favorite moments in Age of Ultron is when he Ultron says like, it you know you have to to make an omelet you have to break a few eggs and then tony's like oh you beat me by one second like they were gonna make the same <laughs> joke <laughs> but yeah i don't know do you have any other thoughts on triple zero um that i would love to see him in live action or animation <sighs> i could tell you that i want to see him in motion i want them to we cast do deserve that i i feel like really don't you feel like that's actor. coming in some way though i feel like it is i feel I like think, afra has to pop up at some point i thought that the okay so this is a non sequitur, but I thought that when Leslie Headland was announced for Star Wars, before we knew it was the Acolyte, I thought it was, thought it was Afra. Afra. Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, you're getting a queer just, female showrunner. Like, she's coming. I thought I that the so. audiobook was a test of, let's see if people want her in other media, which they clearly did. Yes. Um, and I and her action figures have always sold. Her, you know, they. Did I mean, people love her. They love her, and she's one of the most cosplayed characters and i definitely think that there's an opportunity there for sure and then you get someone like i don't want to say richard e grant because he's already in star wars but you guys get someone like get someone like matt smith who was kind of almost in star wars uh to be triple zero i mean you could just insert deliciously sinister it's actually really British good that's here. actually really good casting though matt smith i think so oh yeah no i think so too yeah he'd be great for sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I definitely want to see them all uh, in live action. So that's my last thought on him is just uh, do more of him. Yeah, we should. We definitely, I think, deserve like, I mean, of course, we had IG-11 for the brief episode that he was kind of bad. But I think we deserve like a bad, bad droid that's a little more personable, I guess. Yeah, or even just. It's not really uh, something um, you have in Star Wars. Even give an actual scene to IG-88. You know, he, he was the template for the bad droid. Yeah, also that, but yeah. he, mm -hmm. he hasn't gotten to talk on film or in television. He was in Forces of Destiny, um, but he yes. didn't have much to do there. You know, really in the same way that they've now shown how cool Boba can be, you know. Yeah. Do that for, do that for IG. I mean, I'm I don't actually know. I don't know IG... 88's entire story is there a chance he's alive by that point in time or no i don't yeah ig's whole dead. thing at least in legends was that he kept like uploading himself around so like his programming would continue 
Oh, okay. So even if his body was, you could always write him, right? Like you could always in Legends, elsewhere. like in one of the more ridiculous Legends moves, IG eighty eight was the computer mainframe of the second Death Star. <laughs> like he had, he had lived that long. That's and delicious. Had I like that. But he, they technically blew him up at the Battle of Endor. So yeah. Damn. All right. Next up, we have. I have battle droids on here, which mainly I think just to discuss like the idea of which we've kind of already talked about, but kind of another example of that, like how much free will does this thing actually have, right? I have them as lawful evil because they are, it's the bad guy, but the bad guy with sense and reason. And they're really just kind of like programmed to do this thing. And that's kind of it. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know if I can fully say, like, yes, they're classified as bad because of our stance on, you know, the conflicts going on in the galaxy, but they're really probably not actually that bad. They just, they're just programmed that way. No, totally. And I also think that what's interesting about them is that they have such an inherent, again, comedy, but they almost have an inherent, like, childlike innocence to them. Yeah. That in there, because again, everyone's comedy is so specific. Like L337 is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like the the exact same, like she literally has more than one sex joke in that movie, uh, including one of them, which is so adult that I'm surprised that they left it in. The, uh, I'll flip your switch. Good luck finding it. Like I've always been surprised that that was left in. I mean, the kid's not going to get it. Um, But you then you move into characters like you know k2 and that's you know very alan tudyk and like the way that alan his britishness but then the bd1s or the the b1s they are all um they're all sort of like it's like their first day in the world like you know battle droids they always say things like whoa or like you know i mean Technically, it could be their first day in the world because they were made in such masses and made so flimsy on purpose just so that they could make a bunch of them, you know? So really, maybe every time we do see them behaving that way, maybe it is their first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there's so many like little moments that George included, like a great shot when, when General Grievous ignites all four of his lightsabers to fight Obi-Wan. You could see those two battle droids in the background, and one of them taps the other one and like points. He's like, "What? Look, is happening right now?" Like, (laughs) they are such like they're either children on a playground, or they're like guys working in a Walmart. Like, I can't decide what they are. They're like everyman. Like the the V ones are just like they're just dudes that happen to have to work for this horrible army. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's like they just happen to have this job, but they don't really like think or question it. Yeah. But I still feel like they do definitely have like personality, right? Like that's definitely a part of them. And maybe that speaks to the hastiness of their construction that they don't really care. Like that, their personality and whatnot, it doesn't really matter what that is because they're kind of just cannon fodder at the end of the day. Yeah, and then there's also that um, that interesting sort of parallel where the the clone troopers were made in the image of the Kaminoans, and you know you touch on this with, with Alyssa that they were made in the image of, of the Geonosians. Geonosians, yeah, who are essentially large worker bees, who are a, a hive mind, who are cannon fodder to each other. I mean, unless you're Poggle the Lesser, you know you're you're basically just flying around 
and getting shot. Like that's basically all you do. You're just blasting. It's just Danny DeVito. Anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I like love, them. I, yeah, I love them. I yeah, love them so much. I think they're I such like a them. great source of comedic relief, and and, I, and seeing them in the Clone Wars too, even I think solidifies that love. Is just like they're just they're great. They're very fun. Roger, For Roger, sure. all the way. Roger, Roger, man. They deserve. They deserve everything. Next on my list of bad droids is R three S six. Oh, is that which is Goldie? The Goldie. I yeah. hate him. <laughs> everyone hates him that's why i had to i was like i can't not put goldie on here but it's an interesting again it's that interesting question of like programming versus experiences and actual personality like we don't know that much about r3 s6 generally to say like maybe r3 s6 just is kind of like that almost maybe like on the wrong side chopper right mm-hmm. that wants to wreak havoc but at the same time maybe it just is programming um I had them as neutral evil, but I don't know if I believe that anymore. I think the one that got me was predictable but dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I think I'm going to agree with that one. I mean, it's interesting, you know, like Goldie being a spy and like, you know, sort of that that two-faced double agent type stuff. You know, it's interesting because it's sort of asking a droid because we have control over them to a certain degree, to a large degree, um, to... You're asking them to not have a personality. You know, the only personality that they're able to have imprinted on them is a fake one. And underneath that is just like a directive. So it's almost like he, you know, these, this, this to me is in an ironic way, sort of like one of the better examples of Quill's quote. Like this is a droid that is like strictly functional, you know, in a lot of ways, like you're a spy. That's what you are. You know, what K2 would have been if it had not been for Cassian and the rebels, you know, like your security thing, like this is what you are. And, you know, you almost like you, we hate them, but we almost can't fault them for that. Cause like that's what they're supposed to do. So. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hate Goldie, but I think, yeah, like you're saying, you can definitely, <laughs> Oh, I hate you. <laughs> oh, I hate him. But you're right. It's like, we don't actually know the full extent of this again. Maybe it is a just like psychopathic astromech droid, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, but I I think it was a, an interesting character, and also I, I like again any time that we get something turned on its head in Star Wars in a nice simple way. Like whereas you know BT and Triple Zero are very obviously the dark, evil, hot topic versions um, of of you know their originals. Someone like Goldie is meant to deceive you, especially if you're a child watching the Clone Wars. Like he has a nickname like it looks like a regular astrobeck has its own color pattern and everything but we're used to those being certain ways and i love that when you get that's why that's why it's a very different character but that's why i love someone like jedi master skier in the higher public because a trandoshan is usually not honorable a trandoshan usually is not a force sensitive character like when you can flip someone like that i always think it's really nice same with the various uh, B1 battle droids we've seen or like Roger and the Freemaker adventures and things like that. So Roger, I can't believe you didn't bring Roger up for battle droids. Roger's yeah. great. I Roger still haven't watched funny. his Freemaker adventures, but truly it's only going to be for Roger. That's, acceptable. That's why I think I'll watch it because at every single episode that I've researched for, for this droid segment, Roger has come up. Cause he's a, he's an unsung hero of new canon. And he definitely, yeah, he definitely like gives a lot of insight into like droids 
which is just sure. wild. So now we're going to the more quote unquote neutral personalities. So I just have two. I have gonks and pitroids, just because I think when I think of something that's maybe a little more neutral, um, I think of them. Yeah. Um, because they're I mean, they're all over the galaxy, right? I think gonks are and I think this is honestly more fundamental to like their actual physical makeup. They don't express a lot. There's really not a lot to kind of experience in the way of like emotion there, right? Mm-hmm. At least from what we've seen anyway. Um, so I think maybe they're just kind of neutral in that way, just because of the way that they're built. Um, pitroids, though, is interesting because I'm sure they're like good and evil pitroids, but I feel like we haven't had enough of an opportunity to really fully experience that. Like, I think that they're just chaotic like i have for gonks i have true neutral which mm-hmm. is steers clear of moral tests and doesn't take sides steers clear of moral tests. which i don't think they do any test period as a gonk um and then pit droids i have chaotic neutral which is follows whimsy takes care of themselves very spontaneous which i feel like is what you see like specifically in like scenes with like uh in the prequels and things like that like pit droids are just kind of yeah, and what's interesting about them Wild. is that pit droids, and again, like you're saying, we haven't seen these examples, but you would imagine, based on what we have seen, we've seen pit droids doing what they're supposed to do in, in the pod racing, you know, actually being a pit crew. Um, but then you see, you know, Pelly's pit droid crew, and <laughs> they're playing Sabacc, and they're kind of, exactly, you know, like They're kind of like, allowed to have their own personalities. I wonder they how reflect much they her Because we see that that's yeah. something that she does. So mm-hmm. it's like, you got to wonder... If we could see Sebulba's pit droids, you know, more up close and personal, they'd probably be assholes. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. They'd probably be like running around, like clipping wires. And like, you got to imagine that they are also very much a, a reflection of, of their owner in a lot of ways because they are a little crew that is meant to, they're, they're created to serve and to be helpful in that way. Mm-hmm. I super agree. Yeah. Whereas for gonks, I mean, the only gonk with any, you know, now that we have a little, a little bit of room with this character, gonky, gonky. like, is gonky gonna do some, some wild bad batch stuff? I hope like, gonky pulls a chopper and just straight up murders an imperial or something. Forty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety seven. I hope that. Well, when, I remember when when Killed when when, sabotage. when uh Umiga was giving her her doll a paint job to turn her into a bad bitcher. I, I was like, give Gonky a paint job, man. Put a skull on the side of Gonky. That would be like, really uh, cute, though. <laughs> I want to see Gonky get all like, get all like, uh, put some like, spikes on, his, on the top like, of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For like, sure, on that baby. Yeah. Yeah, spikes and man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping that Gonky. I mean, I hope we see more of Gonky and and experience all that Gonky has to offer because yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I kind of classify these as neutral, but really it's just more so because we don't have a ton of experiences with them, honestly, except for the very like, small like peripheral things. A lot of them are also societal. Like they're not associated with an army or a side rebels. Exactly you know, that too. Yeah, they're not resistance first order empire. Yeah. Because I thought of putting mouse droids, but really I think by connotation, mouse droids are typically like quote unquote bad, whether well, they, they want are to be until or not. They're not. Because well, exactly, you're right. In Mandalorian, there's a good mouse droid. Good mouse droid. That's he's right. A, that's right. He's on, on the, the Republic, yeah. 
prison ship. So it's like, it's almost just like, you could probably assume like, everybody's got those. You got a mouse right on your ship? Probably do. Like, oh, you, you plug into a gonk? Like, everybody plugs into a gonk. Like, you know, that's just like having a plug in your wall. Like, so maybe it's just like some of these are just built into the way the world works. Like, you would, you, you got to imagine on Coruscant, like, there's probably like some sort of street sweeper, you know, who's just chilling. Like, oh, yeah, totally. So, and that's why it's hard to kind of draw the line of like waitresses, you know, like we see in, in you Dex's. You want a cup of Jawa juice? Yeah. She's good for sure. She has to be. I love her. So, yeah. Lawful Therefore, good. she's good. <laughs> lawful good always gets lawful your order good i don't know what would she be i don't think she's lawful good she's i feel like she's kind of sassy you know and neutral good. good neutral good like she she's nice if you if you if you tip well <laughs> yeah probably like neutral good yeah a little spice on it <laughs> add a little bit of spice yeah neutral good is when you got a little bit of sauce in your personality <laughs> correct so, uh, moving on, just just a quick observation, and I've seen this made before. I've seen this talked about before, and I think it's an interesting um, take uh, before we close out. Talking about specifically C-3PO and R2. You know, they're the most iconic of Star Wars. I think they're probably one of the most iconic of specifically robot and droid, android-type characters of probably all time, right? Like, I would think yeah. so. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm a Star Wars fan, and maybe I'm biased, but I really do think... <laughs> No, they're they that popular be. um but so i've seen it said before and i think it's an interesting um take uh and clearly this is really only with most of the, all the main saga movies um a few other movies like well actually really just rogue one they're not in solo um and then a lot of the clone wars um C-3PO and R2 is seen as audience inserts, which mm. means like basically like it's kind of like your viewpoint into it at times, into conflict and things like that. And I think that's because specifically with C-3PO, who we can actually like audibly hear words coming from, like he reacts to things very like matter of factly. So he will describe things <laughs> maybe in a way that someone who's experiencing something that's not a robot wouldn't feel the need to like describe that much if that makes sense Am that making mm. sense no you know you totally no you totally make sense 100 percent. And, and i and i think that a lot of that is true and he's he's also there a lot of the times to tee up certain ideas or to, to get us through um certain points i mean is there a better example than him telling the story of new hope and empire to the ewoks like exactly, literally yeah. catching them up on the trilogy up to that point. Like that had to have been for the kids that waited three years for that last movie um, in a certain way. Like, and also it's a nice meta moment of like, we've come so far. Han and Leia are cuddling. Like it's a, he's that character that is sort of like, wow, look at how great this is. And, you know, in the, in the rise of skywalker trailer of the that big moment of like one last look at my friends like he's aware that it's supposed to be the end of the of the saga like he is that character he's that character yeah. even in, in the prequels too oh, where course, yeah. you know he has the um in, in revenge of the sith you know the, the whole idea of him sort of his last scene in revenge of the sith being on the the tanavi four on the blockade runner there um, someone might correct me and say that it wasn't actually a Tana V4. It might be the Tana V3. I don't know. Um, but that he is, oh, oh, he's 3PO. Like he's getting his memory wiped. Oh, he's standing where it started. Like tracking them is sort of 
connecting a lot of the pieces. Correct. Correct. Anyway, just want to give a quick shout out to them because, (laughs) but my question is, Mm. who do you relate to specifically from that pair? Oh, R2-D2, 100%. Yeah, I think I'm R2-D2 too. Yeah, you are. No, we're we're, we're a pair of R2s. We have the anxiety, I think, of a 3PO. That's true. I don't approach problems his way. A, I'm not a math brain. I'm not an analytical person. Like, it's really hard for me to like, like if someone says like, oh, can you make a spreadsheet on that? Like I can, but it's, it's not, it doesn't come easy for me to break data, you know, or to, or to figure things out in that way. Um, I'm not really an etiquette person. Like I eat with my elbows on the table, like, even though I know I shouldn't like things like that, like, (laughs) whatever, that's fine. It's fine. I'm R2D2. Hey, I do what I want. People still do that. I mean, I don't. Even, I don't think I do, and I think it's just by like habit. Like, I don't think I actually put my elbows on the table. But I think it's really a thing. Something still. that people still get like mad about. Yeah, I mean, like I wore a hat once to a thing, and an old lady got mad at me for wearing a hat to it because she said like, "It's this is not a, ha- a place for a hat. Like, this is not." Where the were right. you at though? Uh, I was at um, somebody's high school graduation. And it wasn't oh, like a baseball gosh. cap. Like I, it was like a, like a cabbie. Like I had a blazer on. It was a whole thing. And she was like, you're wearing a hat to graduation. I'm like, it's a high school graduation. I'm not even graduating. I already See, graduated. I feel like I, I, I kind of, I mean, as people say, you know, you're not supposed to do it when you're like eating or whatever, right? Like maybe, yeah. but this is so off topic. I'm so sorry, folks at home. But like, <laughs> oh, it's, okay. it's part of the R2. <laughs> now I have to give, now I have to give my, my two cents on this. I feel like really the only places that I can immediately think of that I think it makes sense for someone to be upset about you wearing a hat would be like a funeral Funeral, maybe or like a church thing yeah if you're into into church then I could see that point of view yeah anyway that's my thought Um, on that anyway you know what these are the kinds of things that would wear a hat to all of those events (laughs) r2 straight up would open a can of soda during your funeral man pop 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 it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pop a can of soda right in the middle yeah i think that r2 again in the same way that 3po is sort of like that connector r2 is the he's the one that is gonna be a weird sentence but i think you'll understand what i mean r2d2 invented headcanon by his sheer existence the fact that r2d2 exists has forced star wars fans for 40 years to come up with not 40 years since the prequels, you know, so 20 plus years has forced people to reconcile things in their minds. He's the first character for any star Wars fan that wants to dig a little deeper that forces you to go, Oh, that only kind of lines up in my head. If I make up my own explanation, you know, so that's where R2 becomes us, you know, Obi-Wan saying, I, I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. And clearly disregarding him in New Hope is something that has never been uh, I just, explained. I, I hope Kenobi talks about that. I, have I, I hope know. so too. Like, like <laughs> maybe Bale calls him and he's like, if you ever see uh, R2 again, just act like you don't know him. <laughs> like something like that. Like there's things like that that, that maybe, force maybe the audience to Maybe it was for the engage. sake of the charade, you know, but. Well, exactly. Like I want to believe that. You know, that's what I want to believe. Like <laughs> him saying that and R2 is like, oh, I got you, man. Like I'm not going to tell the kid, you know, what I know. Like. Also, the fact that R2 knows Yoda and they're over here fighting over the flashlight, like that type of stuff, <laughs> you know, that, that 
R2 knows so it's much so that he, he requires you to maneuver in your mind. Uh, and I think that that's how he sort of became us in a lot of ways. <laughs> you do have my question, though, because I am pretty analytical, though. I don't know. Maybe I am more like C-3PO. I really maybe feel like are. I'm a mix of both, to be honest. I don't really know if I could specifically commit to one or the other. Which yeah, I mean, like, I if it was like all droids, like, like which droid am I overall? Yeah. That's that's probably like, there's probably someone that I could think of, but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head who I am. Well, you think on that if it comes to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to close out here, but I wanted to ask my, my several questions that I have asked every guest this yes. um, series. So what is your favorite droid? Um, no one's given just one answer, so I'm gonna. I'm that's gonna fine. Also, you can give me yeah, fine. it's really hard. Yeah. Oh, it's it's very hard, and it's only gotten harder. It's like I said, like when I was a kid loving Star Wars, you know, in the prequel era, it was very easy for me to be like, oh, droids are fine, and I didn't really even have a favorite. Like three PO yeah. and R two were never in my favorite characters list. <laughs> if I had a favorite droid back then, it was probably like someone from Legends, you know, like a Knights of the Republic character or something like that, like HK forty seven. But you know, new canon has made it so rich. So I, I gotta go a chopper. A lot of options. Okay. Yeah, I gotta go chopper. I gotta go L three <laughs> mostly because I love to be Waller Bridge. Um, but I'm gonna uh, for the purposes of this podcast, two people that didn't that didn't get shouts because they're either so new or because there's not a lot on them. Um, I love CB twenty three from Resistance, who is essentially you know, not to reduce her, but is, is girl BB-8 for all intents and purposes for the kid <laughs> audience. Literally BB is there until the show crosses with Force Awakens. And then the show is like, hey, uh, Poe, we need you to go to Jakku. Okay, cool. Uh, here, have CB instead. But CB has her own personality and she's yes. so driven and feisty uh, and dedicated and, and has a great, what I thought we were going to get in Last Jedi a straight up BB fight scene. Uh, she fights. <laughs> she fights, and I looked up his name. MB thirteen A, MB one three A, is a monster. His MB literally stands for Murder Ball. That was his production name. Uh, he is a sociopath, and in Star Wars Resistance, he wreaks havoc. He shocks people. He traps people in wires. He's a madman. Uh, and then, aside from CB, I also got to go with Dio. I've been on such a Dio kick because I think that Dio is like such a sweet boy and also just like a lot of people impart, you know, the, the autism implications of that character of like setting boundaries and things like that. And I can't yeah. speak to that. I'm not on the spectrum. I don't have a loved one that has that, but I think it's beautiful that people can think that in the same way that they thought that with like Drax and the Marvel movies. Um, but the reason why I love Dio is because Dio is Ray, and I've gone on about that a lot on Twitter and stuff. Um, so I won't I spend a that. long time on it here. But they have the same; they literally have the same abusers, the same trauma. They are both tossed aside like scraps. They both find this found family of characters. They both are, in a lot of ways, graced by the friendship of BB-8 because BB-8 wants to be Ray. Like he follows her example in, in a lot of the movies, especially in that one. So like when she heals the Vexus snake later on, you get BB eight. Who's like, Oh, I could do that. And he charges Dio and gives him a little extra battery and brings him to life. So 
I think that there's a lot of parallels between them and later on Dio, you know, saying he misses Ray and things like that. There's a lot going on uh, with the two of them. And I like that. I also like his, the simplicity of his design of being a little cone duck. I do. I really, his design is very interesting. I love it. So cute. Okay. Next. What's your favorite droid type? Hmm. If it's the same answer, that's fine. So in terms of like Astromax or, or, or. Yeah. Like not an actual character, I would say. Right. Like just, just like, like I can say like, I guess my favorite droid is K2SO, but I really enjoy like, I don't know if I'd say they're my favorite type, but like as an example, like droidicas. Oh, okay, cool. I think yeah. droidicas are really cool. I, I think I'm going to say uh, BB units. Are okay. Probably, like, so Astromax, but specifically BB oh. units. That's what I built at Galaxy's Edge. Um, my BB unit is a purple is a purple base body and then has the white antenna head, uh, the flat white head. I love the, the flat heads on piece. Oh. Yeah, the flat heads are cool. They're really cute. Yeah, and so and I named that one BBUF three, so I could call her Buffy. Um, after that's cute, Vampire Slayer, and after my bulldog, one name for the other. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm really into BB units. I would love to see more BB units. I hope so, and I hope we see ones with like, give one like a cone head or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and give I, me something weird. And there's like there's an implication that. Because, you know, like books like Aftermath were being written while Force Awakens was about to come out. So in Aftermath, they talk about how some of the therapy droids are balls with other, you know, like they're ball droids with like kind of ball heads, but like not really. Like they imply that they were starting to get to that after Endor, like those droids were coming out. Um, so, so it would be like cool. The like first of some of those, maybe exactly, like a prototype like, or whatever. If like cool. Din Djarin gets a droid and it's like, kind of a, a, a janky bb8 like kind of like a never even thought of that something like that because din is a star wars one? character that doesn't have a droid companion you know so it's well we can't have that <laughs> and that just, just won't do that just won't do we must find one <laughs> no actually i'm kind of okay with that i want us to keep breaking the mold with mando but anyways that's another topic for another time wow uh did a whole droid series and you hate droids Last so, but not wow. what? No, I did not say that. Okay. I did not say that. I'm just saying. We don't always need a companion. We don't always need the same formula, you know? That's true. No, you're That's right. Okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Last question. Hmm. What is your favorite droid moment? I knew this was coming and it's really, really difficult, but I think I have one. And what's funny is that I named like three, four droids that I would put in my top favorite, and it's not from any of them. My favorite droid yeah, moment. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, yeah. Yeah, it, it just hit me in the right place. My favorite droid moment is an R2-D2 moment. And it is his one real shining moment in 7, 8, and 9. And it's in Last Jedi when he plays the Leia message again for Luke. And it's it was a moment that was actually spoiled for me. Um, not by a person, but because of a, a piece of like, well, I guess by a person, uh, a piece of, the children, like the little golden book art got on the internet before the movie that showed old Luke looking at the projections. I was like, oh, shit, like, they're going to do that. I was like, not angry about it, but I was like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have known. And it still got me. I still cried. Like, of course. It, it's so it's, emotional. It's the ultimate example or one of the ultimate examples of a pure nostalgia play that firmly deserves to be there. 
Like, yeah, it's, it's 100% nostalgia and 100% necessary. And sometimes you only get one or the other. Sometimes no, it's like, it fit both oh, pretty well. I agree. Really work, but I get it. Or vice versa, where it's like, doesn't need to be there, but it's all just nice. That one is both. Yeah. And if you're, if R2, I would have loved R2 to have more of an adventure moment or scene, would have been nice. Um, but in any of them, but the, the emotional resonance and like the way that Mark Hamill turns into a 20 year old again, like R2. And then, you know, R2's yelling at him and cursing up a storm. He's and like, he has to tell him, Watch your language, Sacred <laughs> Island. Like, and then he plays that moment. It's so smart and it's right there. Like, it blows my mind that Ryan thought of that because it's so obvious, but also not. Like, what would you, what could this, what could this droid who doesn't speak in these movies that we can hear say or do for this character to give him any kind of motivation? Boom. It just works perfectly. Uh, and then on a technical level, um, for people that maybe didn't know this about the scene, that is not just the projection um, pasted into the scene. They went back to the raw footage of Carrie's performance and redid it in the blue hologram. So they went back and found the takes of her standing there with the hood up, did that, and then reprocessed it to a new hologram and put it in there. Uh, so it just works for me. That's a really good answer. Good job. Thank you. Have you answered this? Are you Are you going to? Oh, I know. I, I normally don't answer it. Do you want me it's, to answer it? I would like you to throw out one if you're not <laughs> okay. going to before the series is over. If you have a favorite droid moment, I mean, I just we know like, your favorite droids too. Correct. So that's easy. And then you said droid cause. I would say yeah. I would say probably my favorite droid type, like design wise, yeah, probably droid because droid because are really rad. I really like them a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I also really enjoy BD One though, like in terms of design. So, mm. um, and then sure, yeah, my favorite droid moment. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's gonna be a K two one. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, um, but I really think my and this actually ends up being, I think, honestly, to me, is one of the funniest moments in all of Star Wars, and it is kind of with the um, clearly droid fitting the droid bit there, but um, I think it's also just really funny with the behind the scenes of it all, which is when um, K2SO slaps Cassian. Uh, that's a great because one. I love looking at Cat, uh, looking at Diego Luna's face, and he's like trying, he's like covering his face so he's not like visibly laughing because yeah. Alan Tudyk slapped him out of nowhere. That was not planned. So it's a great, <laughs> I love that. It's, it's probably my favorite great thing. improv <laughs> in Star Wars. And you know what's unique about that? Now that I'm thinking a lot about it, is that because of the nature of droids being mostly props and then with sound after, you don't get droid improv until the modern Star Wars era when you have mocap yeah. actors. Like it's really only Alan and Phoebe that have been able to do that so far. Well, and, and same with just like creatures in general, but yeah, specifically with droids. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. right. Like that's not something that you can ever, like you're never gonna have, you know, an improv moment with Jabba the Hutt because the puppeteers aren't gonna know that it's coming. Um, or, or with Grogu. Like, I'm sure they could think of something on the fly, but it's not like Pedro can do something to the puppet and then the puppeteers are going to know to go along do, with it. Yeah. So to be able to do that with actors, you know, like with Phoebe and her jokes, like one of my other, my, probably my number two would be a talking with Kira, uh, where she's L3 and Kira. She's like, don't worry. It's just us girls. Like, you know, uh, I, I get it. He loves you. Lando loves me, but it's not mutual. Like that entire thing feels like <laughs> improv. Like nothing about that feels like it was written. That just feels like it came out of Fleabag no, or like yeah. out of their heads. So that's yeah, why I, I, I hope that a future 
Star Wars story has another droid played by an actor in that way um, that walks on, you know, two legs and can have that sort of type of performance. I think that would be really cool. I agree. All right. Well, Alden, to wrap up here, where can people find you on the internet? Is there anything special you would like to plug for the future? Um, yeah, I would like to plug uh, Monsters at Work, which I will be watching <laughs> after this recording. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Uh, had nothing to do with it. Uh, no, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, of course, at AB underscore Strider on Instagram, A period, D period Strider. Uh, writing long threads, tweeting about Loki, tweeting about uh, how excited I am for Visions. Um, which we'll have to talk about at some point, uh, either yeah. on the show or mine. Either way, uh, we should cover it together uh, when it comes out. Because I'm assuming we'll be able to knock all that out in like a day. Uh, and then, you know, yeah. just do some mm-hmm. discussion. So that'll be in a couple months there. Um, obviously, Octo Radio, the other show on this very feed. So if you're here, happy to have you. Um, you get both of our shows and then the upcoming Rebel show with me and Nikki Kumar, um, which is really close to coming out. I just got to finalize the logo and stuff like that. So that's Yay. exciting. Um, that. Yeah. And then, yeah, just uh, Oxford Radio everywhere, One and Done Film Club. So, yeah, we're in between seasons right now doing uh, some off-season episodes, which are going to be really fun, which I'm going to oh. talk to you off-air uh, about a potential Tory appearance. Oh, um, okay. Which, like, not to assume Hi. that not to assume that you're just down, but, like... I'm busy. You're going to be down. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy. busy booked <laughs> sorry oh i'm sorry uh, when was it no yeah i'm busy <laughs> to try again next year <laughs> um but yeah so that's exciting uh we wrapped up our first season with uh, the phantom menace as a commentary piece which is the most wild viewing of that movie I've ever had because you have three people that love it all talking as fast as they can um with different observations so that was a lot of fun uh and yeah look for more stuff happening here on Octo radio obviously uh tori has you know you got tons of plans you've already now now i'm like closing your show for you you no you're fine can, can talk about that you've already talked to it's just podcaster instinct um <laughs> you've announced what the next couple series are gonna be which is exciting this is true um, so yeah so the future is great the future is great the future is bright um yes i did do a little thready thread on twitter if you want to follow me on there it's at the mandatorian that's the mandalorian but with a t instead of the l um and i'm also on instagram as well if you want to check that out uh like alden said check out the octo radio socials that's at octo radio and of course give us a subscribe if you want to catch all our future episodes um but yeah i did tease a little bit on twitter um i will be doing after this series i will be doing a series on star tours which is very exciting i've always wanted to return back to the theme park roots a little bit so talking about the history of star tours and kind of its different um iterations and things like that and then i will move be moving into um a little bit more of a relaxed series and i'm honestly pretty excited about it having some friends on to just chat about what the possibilities are for um the future of star wars projects so doing an episode on book of boba fett doing an episode on uh the acolyte whatever's coming around we'll we'll talk about it so yeah but thank you alden for joining thank me you a wonderful time as always i knew you'd be the perfect person to talk get deep with oh thanks buddy that's what i do thank you so much for joining us i'll see you next week with another episode on droids that'll actually probably be our last episode but until then drink some water don't trust the government and always ask yourself what would size noodles do bye
I've heard your voice thousands of times. Mine might be the last one you hear.